Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode. This is going to be the first episode of our back to school series of our uh, of our podcast Planted Thoughts. My name is Amita and um I'm going to be speaking today with Ms. Michelle. Michelle. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. My name um, is Michelle. Right. And today we're going to be talking about dual credit. Um and I'm not sure some of you might be doing dual credit this summer. But yeah, Michelle, you want to get us started on dual credit? Uh, yes. Okay. So I guess we should introduce what dual credit is because people might not know what dual credit is. So dual credit is an option in our school, and I'm sure it's it's like um since our for our school classes are divided up into honor on level honors dual credit and then AP. So dual credit can be taken during the school year. but most of the time dual credit is taken during the summer and usually high schools will partner with a local like community college and dual credit goes into your college transcript if you choose for it to it doesn't have mm-hmm. to but it can get you out of maybe an intro class yeah. um and it gives you credit for both college and high school So that's what I mean, dual credit. The is. main thing is that there's also we you can only take up to two dual credit classes because each class is two semesters. Mm-hmm. So you could, you would consider that as four classes. So you can only take up to two individual classes for the whole of summer or the whole of fall or spring. Yeah, but there is a special program at our school that allows you to do a more intensive option, but I think it's only for seniors. But if we're talking about dual credit strictly for the summer, yeah, I think there is a maximum limit on how many classes you can do. Yeah. And um, and you should think about doing dual credit only if you're passionate about maybe skipping ahead in school, like wanting to finish a course before the next year mm-hmm. or you actually like the course. Don't do anything that you don't want to do because trust me, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. Um so yeah, you should only choose like a media study a course that is like a prerequisite for one you're going to take next year. So a lot of people will take pre-calculus as a summer dual credit before they sign up for AP calculus AB or BC. Um so yeah, that since that's a prerequisite for the course it has to be taken in the summer and that's just if you want to um advance quicker through math but if if you don't want to it, dual credit doesn't matter that much so it it's not necessary to take it to like get a head in college but it can give you a head start when moving into college and like the biggest point is you want to make sure that you maintain a good grade because this is really going to affect your high school transcript because that's mm-hmm. the whole point of it And the way that at least our community college and our district uses grades is that if you score above a 90, which basically is the letter grade of A, you will get the full GPA value of that class. Yeah. Um I'm not exactly sure if it since usually courses are split into part A and part B that if if it's separate or it's averaged together for each course, is it separate or averaged? I believe it's averaged, yeah. but don't trust me on that. Yeah, it varies depending on school. So definitely make sure to check out your local um high school or community colleges um 
requirements for it. So it does vary. I mean, the second thing that we should get into is basically the benefits of dual credit, like the pros, the cons, and that completely relates to if you should do dual credit or not. Um, I, the pros obviously are skipping a course so that you can uh, utilize your time during the school year much better and even learn during the summer about something that you're passionate about. But a huge con is the amount of time that it takes for you to do something and the workload and you're spending your summer time on this. And also if you're, you know, if you don't have an off period and you're taking eight classes, at least for our high school, we have eight classes. If you add a, a dual credit class in your fall semester or spring semester, that's nine classes of workload that you need to keep up with, which is quite a lot. Yes. Right. That yes, you should consider the workload. That's a big I um um a con. A lot of people don't really understand before they get into dual credit because you have to imagine yourself in a class full time um during during the week and potentially during the weekend. Uh, it's it's. I would say it's a, around the same time, around the same amount of workload for a dual credit class versus like a normal class. So if you would count in the fact that you have to sit through school for about an hour or an hour and a half in that class plus homework outside the class, it's around the same time for a dual credit class. Uh, I do agree with the pro as well. It definitely helps you to get ahead. And that's the biggest reason why people do it. Yeah. But just make sure to just remember that this is a course that's accelerated into four or eight weeks of your summer, mm -hmm. uh, which would usually be expanded throughout the year for you. Um, so that obviously means that you're having a lot more work and a lot more material and concepts to understand in a shorter amount of time. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's an important point. Um, uh, acceleration will mean that you potentially, even if you take this dual credit class in the summer and you have to use the information next semester that your information may not be as um, grounded the foundation of it might be a little bit more rocky because of the accelerated time period so when you do get into the course next year then make sure you're looking back on your dual credit notes or going over previous information to tie it into the course yeah um Okay, let's get into the third major point, which is dividing your workload and just managing your time really wisely. Michelle, do you want to speak more about this? Uh, yes, yes, yes. This is interesting. <laughs> uh, okay, so I would say, I, well, my schedule would be um, waking up a little bit. Um, don't wake up too late. It's, I tend to work, well, it depends. It depends. You have to figure out what's your optimal uh, work period of time. And I tend to wake up a little bit early so I can finish a lot more of the work um, before afternoon. That helps me. So you have to pick first pick a time on which you want to do the work. Uh, number two or probably um, number two is probably deciding how much you how long you want to work each day so there will be a certain amount of work some teachers post it at the beginning of the week 
um, others post it day by day. I think most of my teachers posted the work at the beginning of the week. So that's a good thing because you can look at that work and divide it based on days. So what I do is I look at the... There are subsections, usually five to eight subsections. And on Monday, I will usually do the first half of the first unit and then do the first half of the second unit. On Tuesday, I will usually complete the other two halves of the first and second unit. And then on Wednesday, complete half of the third unit. And then on Thursday, I will complete the other half of the third unit. Friday is usually when we have our written exam and our quiz. So I usually try to compress a lot of my assignments at the beginning of the week so I don't have to work that hard. But that, that's how I do it because I don't want to have to work on the weekend. It just kind of varies based on person to person. And then make sure, number three is make sure you look out for like major deadlines. So usually work is due um, Sunday at the end of the day or some teachers do it Friday at the end of the day. Usually it depends, but I think it's mostly Sunday at the end of the day. So make sure you look at your history does Wednesday end of the day. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like most teachers tend to lean towards the end of the week. So just look based on your teacher. So, yeah. Yeah. The next key point is like for you now, now, if you don't understand the material that you've been provided with that you've allocated across your week how do you connect with your professor and you know ask questions because of course this is all virtual if you pick the virtual option which is obviously more prevalent at these times um we you basically just reach out to them like some of them say email is the best way um for us they say microsoft at least my pre-cal teacher likes microsoft teams um just uh look out to see which is their preferred mode of contact that way you can ask them questions and get them answered so that you're learning more effectively and at the same time you're doing well on tests and things like that right yes um yeah that brings me back to something i actually forgot to mention earlier is looking at before you start the course uh something that's good what i did for all four of my courses was looking at the syllabus the syllabus gives you a good outline of how grades are going to be divided, when assignments are going to be due, what topics are going to be covered. And so usually in the syllabus, they'll tell you how to contact them. And yeah, preferred method is email. And they'll likely give you a school email based on your whatever community college you're going to. So make sure you use that email and um, not a personal email or your high school school email. It, I think it it might not go to the right place. I think it it depends. It will probably go to the right place, but it's safer using whatever uh, school email the college gives you. Mm-hmm. And the next key point that you know, again, like Michelle mentioned, that we you should do before you really start the course is to actually. Do some uh, digging into what your professors, um, uh, what students think about their professors. So you can just go to ratemyprofessors.com and just look up their names, see their ratings, see 
how they're doing on each section to see if that's how you would work as a student, if that's how you learn best. And if they're not the most effective, you can ask for a schedule change or a request for a change of professor. <laughs> Likely a Nord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for us, um, at least oh when I God, tried to change professor, they, um, they responded and said that we they wouldn't be able to change. But if you were able to um, actually look up your professor a little earlier, like say a month before, um, yeah. they should be able to accommodate you and get you to a professor that actually right. yeah if you want yeah you should definitely look at your professor as soon as your like schedule is released um that's the earliest and you'll probably be able to change then or if you're really early you can look at professors beforehand and ask whoever your dual credit coordinator is to put you in their class mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you can definitely look up on your community college's website to just see their staff and, um, you know, that way you can do some research beforehand to get the best possible teacher. Mm-hmm. All right. Next is, honestly, you'll go through this course um, and with the methods that Michelle highlighted, just having everything uh, done, just allocating your time during the week. You just have to make sure that, you know, even when you're getting to the third or the fourth week of the course, you are still working hard because usually the first two weeks are strong and the second two weeks are <laughs> not as strong. Um, but just try to work hard, um, keep yourself accountable and still be motivated to just finish. You know, the, mo- the motivation should just be, oh, okay, we're going to finish in two weeks or how many ever weeks you have remaining. And that, that's pretty much it. You just have to, know that you have to continue to work hard so you can still maintain a good grade and yeah just finish strong right um i do agree the first two weeks are likely when you're gonna feel a little bit more stressed out adjusting to the workload and the third and fourth week you tend to feel a little bit more relaxed because you understand the workload but it is important to continue to try to do your best through it. And likely it will only be a four week course. So if you do feel really, really burned out as you go through it, I would just say maybe take a day off near the weekend or something. That's why I push my workload to the beginning of week. So I don't feel overwhelmed every single day of the week. Um, and, And there's also important point is when you're buying materials for your course, uh, my pre-cal teacher asked to buy my lab and you can't really get out of buying my lab. That's kind of hard. But if you have a textbook or another, you know, a textbook or a resource that can be found online, I would say wait and don't buy the textbook beforehand. Wait until your teacher tells you if you're actually going to be using the textbook because I did rent a textbook for my second history class, which was history 1302B, right? I think that was what it's called. Mm -hmm. But, um, and we never ended up using the textbook. So that was kind of a waste of money. Just make sure you're you're looking at the syllabus and seeing if you're uh, not only that, if you can find the textbook online, as in you can just find it free online, 
try to do that before you actually get the textbook. Yeah. There are a couple don't ways. Don't get yourself into anything shady, though. <laughs> yeah, don't get into anything shady. But, you know, there's previous editions of the textbook that are uh, whose copyrights have expired. So then they'll be available free online. So you can try oh, looking at okay. those. Yeah, that's, um, that's cool. Yeah. Wait, that, Anita, you the, mentioned you had other resources. Yeah, uh, also... I suggest that you first look at your the dropout date. If the course gets too much for you, oh, just yeah. like make sure that you drop out before so that it yeah, doesn't yeah. really affect your high school GPA, college GPA, everything. Um, yeah, that's important. That is really important. Yeah, but like Michelle mentioned, I had a couple resources. If you, Quizlet is honestly the best. Look up anything that you need and like on Google, search up the search term and then put Quizlet at the end and you should be able to find any type of helpful flashcards that will actually help you study. I found that so, so helpful. And for um, classes like pre-calculus, they, there's OpenStax, which has just free textbooks and you can go look in there for any um, help. For example, problems, there's also CK12, Khan Academy. Well, there's a lot of yes, help around Khan academy that. is relatively useful um yeah I, I, and chemistry tutor as well on youtube are both useful mm -hmm. um pre yeah the organic chemistry tutor yes yeah, the organic back. chemistry tutor is very useful i recommend mm -hmm. yeah he, he has everything for math science physics everything mm -hmm. yeah in your college transcript of your dual credit course to your right. part <laughs> because if you don't turn it in you will not get credit for the eight weeks of hard work and time you have spent in it um so make sure you don't forget to do that um i'm not sure how it really works virtually so reach out to your counselors i'm gonna be doing that um and i think michelle's gonna be doing that as well yeah and we will we'll reach out to them and ask them how we can get our transcript to them because i'm pretty sure there will likely be a tr um like a transcript button if you go to your college like pulling your transcript you can search that up and put your college name and i'm pretty sure there is a way for you to pull the transcript from the college yeah that's awesome well, I think that's pretty much everything we, you all need to know for dual credit. Um, basically, in review, do dual credit only if you need to skip a course or you're so passionate about something that you want to learn it over the summer or over the fall, um, whatever you choose. Spring, too. And, and yeah, just make sure you manage your workload. Um, get things turned in on time and reach out to your professor if you need any help. And check out if your professor is you know, even a good professor and worth it um, to spend time learning from. If not, pick another professor, reach out to the coordinator at your community college that helps you out. And you can also reach out to your counselor because they can help you. Um, but yeah, that's everything, I think. Do you have anything else to add, Michelle? No, I think that about covers it. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. We'll be having a new episode coming out next Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.